Welcome to Money Elementary, where we talk about money subjects that we should have learned in school. There are no dumb questions except the ones we don't ask. We're starting from scratch so that we cover the very important financial basics. Thanks to my lovely children for that excellent intro. I am your host, Heidi Castillo. I am not a licensed financial advisor, but life has taught me how to deal with finances. In addition to my family's background, one of the primary motivators for this podcast has been my babies. I want to give them all the financial information I wish I had and I needed, but I had to learn the hard way. We want to make it easier to talk about money. People often fail to talk about money for many different reasons. It could be lack of knowledge, culture, or just embarrassment. Money and finances shouldn't be a forbidden topic. The answers are easily available, and we want you to have the questions to ask to get the answers you need. Our goal here at Money Elementary is to allow people to come together and freely discuss each other's financial successes and failures. Sharing our knowledge will help us navigate our financial journey together. So let's talk freely about money. Hello, it's Vanessa, and welcome back to Money Elementary Home Part 2, Light at the End of the Home Buying Tunnel. Let's go through this journey together. Our last episode touched on visualizing yourself in your dream house. You should know your credit score, have done your budget, and have paid down some debt by now. Now let's get into the details of the main steps. Each episode is a roadmap to set you up for success. Please jot down notes in your notebook or phone or whatever you use, or save this episode for later. We love talking about steps here at Money Elementary, so let's review what you need to know to find a house. But first, here's today's financial toolkit advice. I would like y'all to visit the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, www.hud.gov. This government-run website provides valuable information to people who want to get educated on owning a home and want to see what other resources exist. They have information on house counseling agencies, assistance programs, and home repairs, and they even have information on legal assistance. I'm actually excited about trying the legal assistance site for the Houston area, so I'm going to let y'all know how that goes. We need some legal advice here at Money Elementary, and you can sign up for 20 minutes to speak to a legal counselor. So I'm really excited about that. We're about to see what that government do. Great information. I'm impressed with the amount of help that the government actually provides. (laughs) (laughs) Time for my analogy. First-time homebuyers can feel like they are walking through a dark tunnel, or that's how I felt. I had no sense of direction and was stumbling around making mistakes until I miraculously closed on my house. However, when someone guides you through the process, they hand you a flashlight and that helps you navigate this complex home buying tunnel. We are that flashlight, y'all. So let's go over some steps. Alright, step one. Get a realtor. How do you get a realtor? It could be family, a friend, a local realtor, etc. If you don't know a realtor, check out reviews for realtors in your area. Chit chat with them about what you are looking for and make sure you can click with them. When you find a house, they should be able to tell you stats, pointers, and do a market analysis to determine if the price of the home is according to the current market. A market analysis document compares properties sold in the area that are comparable to your potential property. Your realtor should provide that information to you, but if they don't, ask for it. But that's also a red flag because they should give that to you. 
The document compares your property with other sold properties in the neighborhood you are interested in based on price, square footage, lot size, bedrooms, bathrooms, garage, etc. Real estate agents know the 411 on the latest listings, the trending neighborhoods, the secrets about why homes didn't sell, crime stats, and other valuable information. I do believe that working with a realtor is a partnership. You must be honest with your realtor and tell them what you want in your home. The vision you created in the last episode is for you and your realtor. If your realtor seems annoyed with your questions, is repeatedly unavailable, is rushing you, or is pushy, find another realtor. Make sure to notify your agent in writing that you do not want to work with them anymore. If you sign agreements, ask for the proper documentation that ends the contract. The appropriate documentation protects you from the agent returning and saying you owe them commission for a house you purchased months later. Consider this the interview process to find a realtor that is actually in it to help you and not just for the commission. And before you even go with a realtor, ask if they have a contract. Some realtors have contracts that are three or six months and some don't have one. Make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Finding a realtor you trust is essential. It's essential. I used one realtor for a few years, then changed realtors because of the trust factor. I trusted my best friend more than a stranger, so I switched realtors. But for other people, it can be the other way around. You just have to ensure that you are comfortable with your decision at the end of the day. How did you pick your realtors, Heidi? Okay, so a friend recommended me his realtor. But I also selected her because she contributed 0.5% of her commission for my closing costs. She did what? She gave you money? Why did she do that? Because I asked and she wanted the deal. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time. That sounds like something I could be down with. <laughs> Step two, find a lender. Usually a realtor may offer you a lender, but don't rely on that suggestion. They're in the business of finding you a house, not finding you money. Google will be your best friend. Websites like nerdwallet.com or bankrate.com give you an idea of the available lenders and their mortgage loan rates. What I like about these websites is that they can quickly give you a snapshot of the current interest rates. When you talk to a realtor and pinpoint a neighborhood, the realtor can provide you with a ballpark home price range based on your requirements. For example, let's take going into the website bankrate.com. Select buying a home. Enter the loan amount based on the realtor's estimate. Enter your FICO score, which you should know before starting this exercise. Please refer to the FICO episode. And finally, enter your down payment. At this point, you will have a very rough estimate of what to expect your mortgage to be. What happens, for example, when your realtor tells you that the average house price is $350,000 based on everything you want in your dream house, but your lender tells you that you are only approved for $300,000? You know, that's a great question. And that happens more often than not. Let's finish this step and we'll cover your question in step five. Okay, great. I can talk about how I found my lender then. One of my dreams has always been to buy a house. So in 2014, I started looking for first time home buyer classes in a magazine called Leisure Learning. I loved Leisure Learning because they would offer all sorts of educational activities and fun stuff like dancing or learning how to play chess. It was all over the place. I'm getting sidetracked. I went to the first time home buyer class and the person giving the course was a lender. She was very matter of fact, was laying out all the details about home buying process that night. I loved it. I had no idea at the time that I would be using her services seven years later. 
I remember being in that class. I don't remember you being there. <laughs> you were there? Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, I guess I was just really focused on how to buy a house with no money. <laughs> Jeez, I feel so special. <laughs> but that's a unique story. She was meant to be your lender. Once you have identified a good handful of lenders, email them for quotes. The website we discussed earlier provides soft quotes because they don't have your financial information, but now you need hard quotes. So you may think, ah, what about my credit score? Well, the credit bureaus do give you a break. When they see that you're applying a loan, and they know this because of the amount that you're requesting, they give you 30 to 45 days to shop until you drop for the best interest rates. So don't limit yourself to just a few lenders. I mentioned in a previous episode that I had gotten three to four lender quotes. The first lender I was considering wanted me to take out a second mortgage to come up with the down payment, which is wild. Like, I don't even know why they would give me this offer, but they did. So that event became a core memory for me. Then I remembered, oh, hey, I wonder if that lady whose class I attended a long time ago is still in business. I searched for her online and fortunately, I found her and she gave me a great deal I could not refuse. Wait, hold on. I'm stuck on the first lender trying to give you two mortgages. To this day, I can't believe that was even an offer. I remember getting mad when you showed it to me. That's why obtaining multiple lender quotes is essential. Otherwise, you would have never known. When I purchased my first property in 2008, I was clueless about what a lender was or how the money was even going to appear. I just remember signing a bunch of papers and then suddenly I had a mortgage. Don't do this. It's better to be informed and you will have a much better experience. With my second house purchase, I knew what to expect, which made the experience less stressful and manageable. I agree with that because having you guide me through my first purchase helped ease my mind. I was still a nervous wreck going through the process, but it is better to be an informed nervous wreck than an uninformed nervous wreck. (laughs) Thankfully, you had the experience of purchasing a home and I was able to pick your brain with many questions that I had. And I had a lot of questions. And you gave me a lot of really helpful resources to use. If you know someone who has gone through the home buying experience and you are cool with them, ask them questions. You can learn a lot from their experience as well. Often people don't ask their friends or family for this type of advice because they think they're being intrusive. Ask anyway. The worst that they can say is, I would rather not share. And that's not the end of the world. My experience has been that people love talking about their home buying experience and giving pointers based on what they learned. When Nisha asked me, I talked her ear out and gave her as much as information I could. One thing that I have learned is sometimes people will tell you all their personal business before they tell you their financial business. (laughs) They will tell you about their colonoscopy before they will tell you about their finances. (laughs) They sure will. And I just find that so crazy. So... We need to start talking more about finances so that we're comfortable with it. All right. What's the next step? Step three. When you select your lenders, you need a good faith estimate from them. You will get sticker shocked. You come in looking proud because you were able to save for a down payment, and then the lender sends you this massive list of closing costs. You almost feel like you owe something just because you opened the email. The closing cost is an episode on its own. We don't want to overwhelm you with the information in one setting. Please check out our next episode to know all about those closing cost details. Yes, it can be very intimidating, but knowing what the numbers mean gives you a better idea and understanding of what you should expect. So 
another thing. If you're going to be intimidated, might as well know the information. <laughs> All right. So let's say that you apply to 10 lenders and you have 10 good faith estimates. What do you do? You start comparing numbers. The good and the bad lenders will stick out like a sore thumb. Like you mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. You can immediately rule out lenders charging you for items that many other lenders are not charging or, you know, the ones that are giving you two mortgages. Don't make the mistake of only looking at the lowest interest rate. Some lenders give you a very low interest rate, but then get their money up front by charging you hefty closing costs. If you have a lender you like, but their closing costs are too high, please remember that everything is negotiable. I have an example with my refinance, which also has closing costs like a regular home purchase. I narrowed my selection down to two lenders. One lender had an extremely low closing cost, which was around $2,000, but they were very unresponsive to emails and my phone calls. So my thought was, would they be available at closing since they were also an online out-of-state lender? For those of you who don't know, closing day is the day when you sign like 40 pages of a contract for your house and the bank loans you the money to purchase or refinance your home. My second choice was Chase Bank. For the record, Chase does not sponsor us, but I will give credit where credit is due. <laughs> Girl, I wonder if Chase would even want to sponsor us. We are an equal opportunity bank haters over here. <laughs> I think we've said good and bad things about every major bank we've discussed. <laughs> yeah, at least we're consistent. <laughs> I love the interaction with Chase. They responded to all my questions. However, when Chase gave me their closing costs, it was $8,000 higher oh than the God. first lender. I took a leap of faith and asked Chase if they could match the first lender. To my surprise, they matched and the final fees were less than they had quoted. I got the best of both worlds, a great lender and low closing costs. Please remember that everything is negotiable. As we said, we will dive into these closing cost details in our next episode. I find it so cool that Chase legit did a price match for you. Like price match! <laughs> <laughs> like, on, these, on these eggs! Like you're, you're at Target and you're like, hey, I found this on Amazon for cheaper. Like price match me. But this is thousands of dollars you just saved. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I was very shocked. I was not expecting it at all. Another lesson that you learn from these events in life, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. It means just ask. If you don't ask, you're never going to know. All right, what's step four? Step four, you may also get your pre-approval letter and a good faith estimate. The pre-approval letter lets a seller know you have approved funds to purchase a house. You're a serious buyer and you're not just window shopping. The difference between having a pre-approval letter and not having one can make or break a deal. I have an example for this one too. One time I was looking at a house that I liked and the price was very reasonable. Unfortunately, I did not get the house because an older lady, which she probably had so much more knowledge, was looking at the house as well and she had a pre-approval letter. Of course, the seller sold to the lady with the approved funds than me that was just, you know, oh Window yeah. Shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I like those shoes. <laughs> Every step is essential, but this one can be the step that stops you from even being considered for your dream house. Ensure you have your lender's pre-approval letter. Can't stress that enough. Step five, find your house. 
So you have a realtor, a lender, your down payment, and your pre-approval letter. You are not prepared to find your house. Okay, so you'll say, but I have a realtor to find the house. True, but your realtor is not the one that is going to live in your home that you are purchasing. It is in your vested interest to be involved in the entire process. Because of this, try to avoid buying a house when you have life-altering events, such as planning a wedding, purchasing a car, planning an overseas vacation, etc. These events are time-consuming and your home needs your undivided attention. You may have already been driving neighborhoods, attended open houses, and reviewed dozens of listings from your realtor. Remember, when the lender gives you a pre-approval letter, it comes back with a time clock. The pre-approval letter is good between 30 to 45 days. Step six. All right, so step six, contract. (laughs) Once you and the seller have agreed on a selling price, you are ready to purchase. Both realtors will get together and write up a contract on your behalf. The agreement will have the agreed upon price and conditions, such as things that should be fixed in the home before closing day. You may have items that need to be delivered, such as appliances, a completely furnished home, debris removal, or maybe a camper in the garage. Sellers and buyers agree to the condition and the estimated closing date. So when we say both realtors, it's the realtor for the house you're purchasing and then your realtor. So they're just going to go and have a little conversation. But anyways, that's my goal right there. Like being so well off that the seller leaves me a freaking camper in my garage. I mm-hmm. I love that goal for me. <laughs> okay, this is where our acting is going to take place. We have a few scenarios to play. Action! Vanessa, we have some great news for you. Based on your credit score, debt-to-income ratio, and income, we can offer you $300,000 for your loan. Wow, that's so great. The house that I want is only (laughs) (laughs) $200,000. What is the outcome in this? Your realtor submits a contract to the seller. If you and the seller agree, the process starts towards the closing date for the property. And that is where the fun begins. Okay, scene two, action. Oh, that's me. Heidi! We have some great news for you. Based on your credit score, your debt to income ratio, and income, we can offer you a $300,000 loan. Congratulations! Yeah, but wait, but the house that I want is $350,000. Are you guys going to spot me that extra fifty? Can I increase my loan? Heidi! (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Based on your goal, we're going based off your qualifications and can't exceed $300,000. All right, what's the outcome on this? You have a few options. Option one, you can pay the difference out of pocket. In this example, this would be 50,000 in addition to your down payment and closing costs. Option two, you have your realtor negotiate with the seller to see if they can come down to that 300,000. Sometimes they may agree because they don't want to go through the entire, entire 45 waiting period again with somebody else. Or option three, You cancel the contract. Your realtor should have added a financial clause in the agreement allowing you to get a reimbursement of your earnest money. And that's actually what happened to me. In my situation, the house was on sale for more and my realtor negotiated that. So that happens Mm -hmm. a lot. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Scene three. Action. Heidi, our initial approval based on your qualifications was a $300,000 loan. However, the house's appraisal returned and appraised at $250,000. But wait, what what does that mean? 
It means we can only offer you $250,000 because that's what the house is appraised at. At this point, your options are pretty much the same as scenario two. You can cover the cost difference, negotiate the price with the seller, or cancel the contract. And, and scene. scene. Wow. A round of applause for our fantastic actresses. And the Academy Award goes to... Give me an Oscar. <laughs> wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> Recap. Wah, 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 wah. We covered very high level steps to purchase a home. Step one, find a realtor. Ensure that you are comfortable with your realtor and that they respond via email or phone. Having an inattentive realtor who doesn't schedule showings promptly can cause you to miss out on a potential home. A realtor will start the home search process with you and guide you through all the other steps. Step two, you want to find a lender. Once your lender has checked your credit, you have between 30 and 45 days to select a lender with a reasonable interest rate and competitive closing costs. During the 30 to 45 day window, you can request quotes from as many lenders as possible. Getting multiple quotes to compare will give you a great idea of which lenders are trying to pull a fast one on you and which offer competitive rate. Step 3. Get a good faith estimate from all lenders. Select the lender based on the lowest fees and interest rates they offer. Remember that everything is negotiable. If you click with one lender over another offering low rates, share your good faith estimate and they may match it. You never know till you ask. Step four, getting a pre-approval letter. A pre-approval letter will give you buying power if you see a house that you wanna jump on. The seller will know that you have a lender willing to loan you the money. The pre-approval letter will also let you know how much your lender is willing to let you borrow. Step five, find your house. Narrow your house search based on the loan that your lender has offered. You should have a location where you would like your house to be. And finally, step six, present the seller with an offer. If your offer is selected, a contract will be drawn to determine a specific closing date. And bada bing, bada boom, a month later, you could potentially be a homeowner. Easy peasy. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon squeezy. <laughs> Thanks for coming to class today. And as always, there's homework. Start with finding a realtor and driving neighborhoods. Enjoy the process. Don't rush it. I know that sometimes you may get noise such as you have to sign now before interest rates go up. If you rush to get a low interest rate, you may overlook something you wanted in a home. Take your time. The home may be your forever home or your five-year home. Either way, it should be something that you enjoy. Remember, stay focused and motivated and you will reach your goals. Share this knowledge with your family and friends because knowledge is power. Toodles! This is Money Elementary. Money Elementary. Woo! Bye. Bye. Got questions? Email us at questions at moneyelementary.org. Hi, everyone. We are here at Money Elementary. Heidi and Vanessa. We want to clarify a few things before somebody gets the wrong idea or a bad idea. And as exciting or boring as it may be, please listen through all of our legal disclaimer information so that you understand up front that in this podcast, Money, Money Elementary, Elementary, we are not a financial advisor. If you need advice, go to your accountant, CPA, stockbroker, real estate agent, psychiatrist, psychologist, loan officer, therapist, financial advisor, or a credit analyst. Nothing said during Money Elementary episodes should be construed as advice.
We're just two sisters who like to talk about all the S that we've been through and who've learned a few things while attending the school of life. I can't wait to graduate. Oh, no. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's the funeral. <laughs> well, that took a dark turn fast. Anyway. Just two cute, savvy sisters with a decent internet connection. A microphone. A computer. And, and way, way too much time. What? We don't have that much time on our hands. No, we don't. But bottom line, all the content we share with you guys is stories of our true life experiences, shared anecdotally, and is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only. We couldn't make this stuff up even if we wanted to. We hope you enjoy the information we give you and our show. Thanks! This is Money Elementary! Man, why is this thing so tall? Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that tall, (laughs) Isha. Yeah, I was about to be like, cut, cut. Can you cough? <coughs> Just get it all out. Let's get COVID in here. <laughs> We're in a small closet space. Heidi's is coughing in here like. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh. I'm just going to start over. <laughs> okay. Always take your watch off. <laughs>